Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. Mittwoch, 20 Uhr. Hallo, hier ist Burlesque on Air mit Ask Lou and Lada Nummer 5 mit den Burlesque-Stars Lady Lou und Lada Redstar und mir als Co-Moderatorin Susanne. Bei Ask Lou and Lada könnt ihr eure Fragen stellen, was auch immer das sein mag. Es kann sich um Sex drehen, um Beziehungen, um Liebe, Styling, Burlesque natürlich, was auch immer euer Herz begehrt. Und ihr könnt uns eure Fragen schicken an facebook.com slash burlesqueonair. Dort könnt ihr uns sogar Sprachnachrichten hinterlassen, die wir in der Sendung senden. Oder ihr könnt uns auch natürlich E-Mails schicken an questions.burlesqueonair.gmail.com In der heutigen Sendung gibt es auch etwas Besonderes und zwar werden wir Burlesque-Legende, B-Movie-Star und Russ Meyers Muse Kitten Natividad interviewen. Und jetzt hallo an Lady Lou und Lada Redstar. Hallo to the listeners of Alex Radio, this is Lady Lou. And this is Lada Redstar and we are back. We are back for the fifth episode of Ask Lou and Lad, and this is a super special episode. I'm extremely excited about having a special guest tonight with us, and this is going to be Kitten Natividad. We're going to have her live on Skype. Uh, we're going to interview her about her career. Many of you listeners know her already, probably. She's a burlesque legend, and most of all, she's well known for being one of the most famous Russ Myers girls and muse and his partner for 15 years. We can't wait to get to the part of the episode where we're going to interview Kitten Natividad. But before that, of course, we're going to answer a few of your questions. So you already know the concept of the show. You send us your questions on questions.burlesconair at gmail.com or even better, by voice message on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash burlesconair. And of course, you can ask us anything and we mean anything when i say anything with that sexy voice that means that you can ask us things about sex and erotica or you can send us more uh, nicer questions about sugar life and burlesque uh, seduction or anything really that uh, would please you and we are going to find such a great pleasure in answering you and finding solutions for your little problems in life And now for our first question to start this show. And this one's from a performer called Sheila Wolf. And she is performing burlesque and she's also promoting events. And she's one of the Berlin Burlesque Darlings. And she is a elegant dr vintage style drag queen. And she's always absolutely gorgeous. So she sent us a question. Let me tell you what it is. Which kind of performance would be booked more, storytelling or classic? Die Frage von der Drag Queen Sheila Wolf lautet, was wird mehr gebucht? Die Burlesque Performances, in denen eine Geschichte erzählt wird, oder eher die klassischen Burlesque Performances? Also Lada, was denkst du? So first of all, I would like to clear up the misconception that uh, classic burlesque is never storytelling. You know, it's not two different things. Classic burlesque can be storytelling. If you think about the first 
little steps of burlesque you know on stage it was uh, as we talked in the previous episode the crochet event so event going to bed so there was a little story of why she was getting stripped down to her lingerie to her naked flesh naked skin and uh, even afterwards so in the golden age of burlesque you know in the 40s and 50s where um, a lot of the big stars like blaze Re- Bla- uh, blaze star or jenny lee they were having storytelling acts that got really really famous like the uh, super famous uh, uh, blaze star act when she gets on the little doctor table and there's an imaginary doctor you know uh, <laughs> exploring her body and she was getting sexy on the table or jenny lee of course you know trying to get her role on that uh, directoral chair so it's not two different things and uh, new burlesque you know and storytelling burlesque can be classic and uh, and there are many classic burlesque uh, performers as we you know nowadays that still do storytelling things like mini tonka etc so that would be one thing that i think we should have to make really really clear so lady lu what do you think you as a producer what would you rather book so as a producer of course the first most important thing is quality and I do have to say that uh, classic performers they do have such a high standard of quality within their costuming um, and within practicing their technique and these are the two most important things as a producer is uh, quality of costume and quality of technique so as long as your storytelling act really comes to the same level um, then I would not hesitate in booking it and sometimes um, I like to book performers who are a little bit versatile as well so they could do one classic act and one storytelling act and then that gives a variety and the audience really enjoys that as well so I think it's more about uh, the standard and the quality of the act rather than actually the, the, the theme and the genre so much. And why do you think Lady Lou that storytelling uh, type of burlesque is more popular between newcomers, among newcomers? Well, I see it with my students and my workshops um, and I actually encourage it in the beginning to try storytelling because it gives you a really strong sense of direction with your costume, with your music, um, with your accessories and then it's it's quite daunting for a newcomer to just focus on dancing uh, because it really takes some some practice uh, to perfect the art of the bump and grind and the classic techniques so storytelling you can um, do a little bit of storytelling a little bit of dancing and mix it up oh my god I would like just to give like one advice please do it for the old lad the red star when you do your storytelling acts if you could avoid the boring thing of just getting like a little bit tipsy on stage while drinking this little drink and then the striptease starts. I mean, I hate that. I think it's so boring. I think it's just like the average thing to do and I cannot stand it anymore. So if you need to do a storytelling act, then please find different ways to tell a different story. Tell your story. Don't tell always the same story of the girl getting tipsy and taking her clothes off. Avoid cliches. Storytelling cliches can just be the biggest bore. So you don't want that. 
Exactly, as much as classic burlesque cliches like the, you know, the feather fan dance on Harlem Nocturne, that those are boring as well, you know, or, you know, the, the boa and the classic dress, so give your twist to anything, either if it's storytelling or if it's classic, get, you know, give it your signature and most of all, do a quality work, do your best, uh, you know, to just get over your limits and give more than you know, what you think other performers around you are giving. So just be the best in what you're doing. Lada Redstar hat auf die Frage von Sheila Wolf geantwortet, dass das Geschichtenerzählen und das klassische Burlesque gemixt werden können. Zum Beispiel Mini Tonka hat eher das Storytelling praktiziert mit einer sehr hohen Qualität, obwohl man ja meinen könnte, dass das klassische Burlesque öfter gebucht wird, war sie ein Star mit ihrem Storytelling. Lady Lou ist ja nun selbst Veranstalterin und sie würde eher jemanden buchen, der beides kann. Und besonders wichtig ist ihr dabei die Qualität. Also es ist egal, ob die Person besonders gut im Storytelling ist oder im klassischen Burlesque. Es kommt auf die Qualität der Kostüme an und der Technik. Am Ende haben die beiden noch einen Tipp gegeben und zwar sollte man Klischees beim Performen von Geschichten vermeiden. Und man sollte das Beste, das man selbst kann, geben, egal ob das nun im klassischen Bereich ist oder im Bereich der Geschichten-Performances. So, the end of the story is just be the best that you can be, because when the lights are on, it's showtime. All right now, everybody, quiet, listen to me. We're going to start a show. Now, some of you people have been with me before. You know it's going to be a tough grind. You're going to dance until your feet fall off. You're not able to stand up any longer, but we're going to have a show.
Beste, Hörste, Klickste. So that was Showtime by Cormac and this song is on an amazing compilation called uh, Swing Party by my darlings Martin Baker, my DJs that I recorded five songs with and actually in this compilation you can find my song Alivian as well. Anyway, <laughs> let's go to our next question. So we have a listener calling us from Sweden and this is the sexy kinky time question. So let's go with it. Hey Lady Lou, hey Lada. I'm calling from Sweden. I just want to know if you would bring a guy home for a one night stand, would you prefer them to stick around for breakfast or leave immediately? Or what do you think the uh, best procedures in those situations are? Thank you. Bye. Ein Zuhörer aus Schweden hat gefragt, was würden Lady Lou und Lada Redstar machen, wenn sie einen One-Night-Stand zu Hause hätten? Würden sie wollen, dass er zum Frühstück bleibt oder lieber, dass er sofort verschwindet? Wie geht man am besten in solchen Situationen vor? Well, I can tell you from my personal experience that uh, I find it hard to separate an intimate experience like a one night stand uh, from and some kind of emotional relationship to this person as well. Uh, so in the morning, if he just up and leaves really quick, um, then I do, it does, it would hurt my feelings really. Um, and, but at the same time, if he stayed for breakfast and we had a really nice breakfast, I would perhaps get the signal that a second date could be in the future. So I guess you have to be a little bit careful about the signals that you give. Uh, if you up and go, of course the, the woman is going to be thinking that that was that, one night stand. And then if you stay for breakfast, then she could perhaps think okay a second date could be in the future but you could go for a little in between balance in between just stay for coffee be friendly um yeah that would be my advice i think that uh, girls make this little mistake to analyze things with a girl's mind and they don't always understand that boys don't think the same way. We, as girls, we overanalyze things. We give meanings to things that boys don't even think about. Like they don't just, you know. So I think that, you know, when a boy leaves or when a boy stays for breakfast, you know, for him that doesn't mean anything maybe, you know. If he leaves, that doesn't mean for him that he doesn't care about you. He just wants to leave because maybe he has a football game, you know, on the television at 12. <laughs> he wants to go to a, to a bar, you know, to watch it with his friends. Or in on the other case, if he stays, maybe it can just mean that he just wants something to eat before leaving and that doesn't mean that he wants you for a second date or he's in love with you so i think it's very important for girls to analyze the situation not with a girl's mind but with a boy's mind so just think easy 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 like don't over analyze things just <laughs> Take a few brain cells out of your brain and think <laughs> things that way, you know, <laughs> on a very more simple, simple and realistic thing. But then, you know, uh, I think 
as a woman and as a person that morning time it's so beautiful and so special and even if you as a boy you know don't want to give you know don't want to see the person a second time i think that morning moment can be just so beautiful in itself without meaning at all and just you know take it as it is take a nice time before leaving that person maybe not seeing her ever again but you know enjoy that experience with her until the end even if it's just a one night stand what about you suzanne what are your experiences with the morning after a one night stand Hmm. From my perspective, as I hang around a lot with other women, it has never been a big problem when they left earlier or I left earlier. It has always been okay. And if we had breakfast together or not, it meant something or it could as well mean nothing. There was just harmony inside of it. So I think there's a natural understanding between women. They know how painful it feels when the other one leaves immediately and so they take care for each other to create a friendly atmosphere, I think. Even if they don't want to date the other woman again. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that just men don't think about it. It doesn't mean that they're mean. They just don't think about it. So women don't take it personally if they leave. That doesn't, sometimes it doesn't mean anything. So just take it easily, everybody, just take it easily. And have that morning moment, just like a nice goodbye to each other, but nothing more than that. Auf die Frage von dem Mann aus Schweden hat Lady Lou geantwortet, dass es für sie schwer ist, intime Erfahrung von der emotionalen Ebene zu trennen. Und es würde ihre Gefühle verletzen, wenn jemand am Morgen danach einfach verschwinden würde. Aber wenn er zum Frühstück bleibt, würde sie denken, dass es eine Chance auf ein zweites Date gibt. Lada fragt sich dagegen, warum denken Frauen, dass Männer so wie sie denken? Männer denken über so etwas gar nicht nach. Sie gehen vielleicht, weil es ein Fußballspiel gibt, das sie mit Kumpels sehen wollen. Und ob der Mann dann letztendlich doch zum Frühstück bleibt oder ob er geht, beides kann etwas bedeuten, aber es kann auch genauso gut gar nichts bedeuten. Ich habe dann noch gesagt, dass es unter Frauen anders ist. Sie nehmen Rücksicht auf ihre Gefühle und hauen, zumindest aus meiner Erfahrung, nicht einfach ab. Das Fazit insgesamt lautet, dass Frauen nicht immer so sehr darüber nachdenken sollten, wenn ein Mann am nächsten Morgen verschwindet. Und in jedem Fall sollte man es als Mann aber vermeiden, einfach abzuhauen. Nach einer heißen Nacht ist es doch schön, wenn man zueinander nett ist und sich freundlich verabschiedet. Vielleicht wird ja auch eine Freundschaft daraus. And now we have a song by Annette Hanschau called Cooking Breakfast for the One I Love. Baby likes bacon, and that's what I'm making While I'm cooking breakfast for the one I love All life has been so nice and charming Right from the start When I won his tummy, I won his heart My baby is happy, no wonder I'm happy While I'm cooking breakfast for the one I love Getting up morning, I'll be setting up a tiny table for two. 
be making his breakfast. He'll be taking his shave and his shower. My happy hour. The coffee is steaming. Although when I'm dreaming, while I'm cooking breakfast for the one I love, my baby likes bacon, and that's what I'm making while I'm cooking breakfast for the one I love. Our life has been so nice and charming right from the start. When I want his tummy, I want his heart. My baby is happy. No wonder I'm happy while I'm cooking breakfast for the one I for Alex Radio for our interview. We've been talking to you about it in the beginning of our of our show and now it's finally the time. We are super excited to have the burlesque legend and the sex symbol and the sexiest woman that ever walked on this earth, on my opinion, <laughs> Kitten Natividad. Hello, Kitten, and welcome to Ask Lou and Lada. Oh my God, I, 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 I hope I can... Uh live up to that introduction thank oh my you God, thanks you can. for that intro i'm fine and i hope you guys are fine hi kitten and welcome to the ask lou and lada show and um not only are we excited but there have been a lot of listeners uh, on our facebook page who have been showing a lot of interest about this interview so you have a lot of fans out there kitten and everyone's really excited to get the opportunity to hear this interview so should we start with the first question then you ready Yes, I am. Is this is this for a German uh, radio? Yes, it's for a German radio called Alex. Oh, you know why? The reason I asked yeah. is because I, I'm very good friends with Udo Kier and uh, and then Christian Sliegenflies, uh, uh, who I did the movie, you know, um, The Slit, a German film. Okay. 
So I went all over Germany, and I just loved the Germans when a was, lot. When was that? When did you go all over Germany? Uh, probably, I think it was in 2000. And I was with a Belgium band that is named More, more Money. More Money. <laughs> did that work out well? Did you get more money with them? <laughs> yes, what happened, they're, they're like a... Uh, a surfing uh, kind of, you know, like a, that kind of a band sounds like surfing for surfers. Okay. And then I would do my my little bit of a, a, a dance, but not take it off. And then I would have a question and answer. <laughs> it was very nice. Oh. It was wonderful. And I went all over Belgium and then to Germany. So then why don't, we st why don't we start with that? What was the weirdest question that you received from your fans during this tour? You know what? I, none of it is weird. And I can't think of anything that insulted me at all. No, I at don't mean all. insulting. Just, you know, something like, do you have fans that really know everyth everything about you? And you get almost like scared of how much details they know about your life or about your career? Yes, uh, I yes. <laughs> I think they they read every interview, and they're just you know they're into me, and they tell me things that uh, I had forgotten about, and oh. I kind of I kind of appreciate them reminding me. I, I'm not getting senile, but it's nice that they find some stories really really wonderful for me they're like no big deal <laughs> oh so kitten why don't you tell us what you remember why don't you tell us shortly your story starting in mexico then in the state of chihuahua and then how did you become this star that you're today why don't you start try to tell us yourself a little bit of your life story well, see um my mother was so young when she had me and my father was much older and she had two girls, and then they divorced because, um, I don't know, the marriage didn't work out, but she went on to El Paso to try to get make a living, and she left me behind with my grandmother. She left us. And my grandmother was like my mom, and she spoiled me, and she would always dress me up, and, and then I would go around the neighborhood and parade in my new dresses, being a show-off. <laughs> so I was born being a show-off. I always wanted to be an exhibitionist. So you, and yeah, that was like the question that I wanted to ask. Do you, you want attention, and I got it. And so but, I guess it was, uh, then my mother met somebody that was, uh, American citizen, and he brought us to the United States, and then they got married and had more children. But what but I always, I what I always find amazing about you is that you might maybe want attention, but you don't sort of like ask for it. The attention just comes to you because you have this smile, and you know when you enter a room and you're in there, you're like the only woman that everybody sees. You, it, like, you don't even need to want attention. The attention just gets to you. And I find that really amazing about your personality, you know, about you being such a strong woman. It's, um, it's really well, amazing. Well, you know what happened? When I was going to school, 
I was very competitive, and I wanted to be the. Pre- I, I was a geek. I wanted to be the president of of the classroom. I wanted to be the most popular. So I decided right there and then that I was not going to have a boyfriend in that school, so nobody would hate me. <laughs> and and um, I had a boyfriend from another high school, but. I was always a very diplomatic and very sweet to everyone because I I wanted their votes for them to vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> so is your sweetness then just a mask to get what you want? I thought and you were so, I thought uh, you were truly uh, sweet. <laughs> and then you know uh, my sister and I, they, my mother, we were kind of. Uh, things were really tough because she was putting her husband through college, which later on he became a chemist. And we didn't have lunch money, so I used to go around and tell jokes to the guys and, and do things like that. Then they, I steal their sandwich or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids, and you're so naughty. Uh, so, and I said, oh, oh, can I have this? They go, yes. And I was just a big flirt, and I just loved it. Every, so you didn't even have to steal what? sandwiches. I, I would just give them to you. Born with that, I, <laughs> I think you're just born to be who you are supposed to be. I think you're really right. Look, talking about boys, I mean, obviously, sex has such a big part in. I mean, in all of our four girls here in the studio life. I mean, you have to know that our radio show Ask Lou and Lad is mostly about sex, you know, in showgirls. So people call us to ask us questions about sexuality and doubts that they have and such, and we answer, you know, in a showgirl mode. So anyway, talking about boys and talking about sex, let's come to your, I mean, if you want to talk about it, your first time. I've heard that a boy sneaked through your window in your bedroom and that just happened. How was it? Oh, my first time. Yes. Was- was with my boyfriend. It was graduation night, and and we decided we wanted to get married. <laughs> so uh, we couldn't. We didn't even know where to go get married. It was twelve o'clock midnight. So, <laughs> so we you just decided it, to have sex. <laughs> so we decided to, to fuck, and his dick was so big <laughs> it wouldn't end. So he shot all over, and he. I, I, I said, "What happened?" And what is that? I didn't know that, you know, cum came out. I was so stupid. Oh, <laughs> you're so cute. <laughs> so but anyway, was... we did it. We did it. And it was terrible because he came so fast. Oh, I'm sure but that's... I, I'm, I'm sure I, that... That's it. Everybody makes, don't do it, don't do it. No wonder that we shouldn't do it. It wasn't that great. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure that's that's exactly what happens still nowadays. I'm sure that men, as soon as they see you, they just come instantly. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so It wasn't so much later when I started dating older men. Um that I, I started to have orgasm and I knew about the enjoyment of sex. You know what I mean? Oh. And then, then they, that you're supposed to suck dick and have your pussy eaten, you know, things like that. Then, then I said, Oh wow, I love sex all the time. <laughs> oh. so, so would you say you were a very sexual woman before you even started performing or before you started acting and uh, yes, making well, porn? Yes, well, who doesn't like sex? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. 
And uh, when I was, I was a key punch operator, and I was tired of being poor. And then this girl across the, uh, my apartment building, she had a sister that she kept saying, my sister makes so much money. She's a go-go dancer and blah, blah, blah. And, I, and so I said, give me, how does she get a job? And then she goes, there's an agency. They advertise in the newspaper. So I got the, um, the agency. I went there, and I never went back to work. So what was I, what did go-go dancing involved in those days? Can you describe oh, your... I started dancing, um, go-go dancing in the nude with nothing on. And don't and let me tell you, it was scary. My knees were shaking. Not so much because I was embarrassed. I was just like I didn't know what to do. I'm sure you just had to do yourself even if you just stay there without even moving you would have been glorious and I said to this guy am I smiling he says yeah big smile Yeah, and that's what that's what I always loved about you. Just this big smile. I mean, even on the Beehive stage in 2013, you just kept this big smile on. You can see just like the pleasure of a woman enjoying her life and enjoying her sexuality. Oh, and... well, thank you. What a sweetheart. No, but it's Are true. You... And even that's what I adore about your porn movies. It's just fun. You're just having fun and you can see it. And like nowadays, all those porn stars or even like, you know, some of burlesque performers, they, they think they take things so seriously and what I love about you is just this being so uh, genuine about the love of living you know of living our life just the way we want it yes I think that I smile a lot because I'm I hide behind my smile probably because I can get nervous but if you smile nobody will know you're nervous (laughs) (laughs) So, Kitten, I have a question for you. Um, Obviously, you have a wealth of knowledge within the showgirl profession and also acting, movies, porn. So what advice would you give other showgirls out there? And is there anything that perhaps you would go back and do differently or any advice that you could give us? Well, to tell you the truth, don't just stick to one thing. Like, do a little bit of modeling or or get, get inventive. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just nowadays, make make a radio show, right? <laughs> yes, make a radio show. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you're thinking out of the box. That's what I did. I started. Uh, I said, "This is great," but I. I might as well do some, um, this guy says, will you, I'm a painter, will you model for me? Then I go, then I got the idea, yes, I'll do photography. And I got an agency to to be a a model in photography because they had a lot of nude magazines. Then I went to an agency to do birthday, uh, singing birthday telegrams, you know what I mean? Happy birthday. (laughs) I would just, and then... I realized that girls were making a lot of money if they had a porn film. So I went into porn. I I just kept doing things. And I think, I mean, the amazing thing is that you did porn until, was Faster Pussycat Fuck Fuck, was that an actual porn movie? Yes, that so was that was 2005, P- right? So that was 10 years ago. And I mean, I mean we're not going to tell your age, of course, on the radio because that wouldn't be elegant. I but say, I mean, everybody can guess it, but <laughs> I'm just saying, 
But I mean, how amazing is that that you just did porn until, you know, I, and I loved it. I loved like uh, to see your body and I love just to watch it. it made me so horny still, you know, and it's uh, no, but it's true. It's just like, it's so empowering. You know I felt like, okay, um, Actually, you know, when you did porn, you don't really, really get to enjoy sex because they run out of film. You have to stop. <laughs> Sometimes the, the men are assholes, the, your co-star, so you have to really act like it's wonderful. Well, isn't that like in normal life sometimes, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, not much different. <laughs> <laughs> If men oh, only knew how much we lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, the advice I have, if you believe that this is what is really, you, you know what? You have to keep doing things till you don't enjoy them. When you don't enjoy something, it's time to move on to something else. Yeah. But if you're enjoying it, I think you'll succeed in whatever you do. Oh, it's so true. Wonderful. That's oh, what I mean. Advice. So it, it's not uh, burlesque is not for everyone. You know, not everyone. Uh, I mean, yes, you could have fun, and then you get it gets old. I don't know about nowadays, but in the old days, we could make a living. I don't know. Is it enough for girls to make a living nowadays? Well, in Europe it is. We are really lucky because our pays are much higher than in the United States. We are really lucky to be able to live out of burlesque. So still, but we are struggling, We have, I have to admit. Wow. Well, that's good then. Yes. So one more question for you, Kitten. I'm uh, so proud of you having a radio show. Uh, good for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, one more question. Uh, so obviously you are a master at seduction and flirting and teasing. So what would you say would be, for example, the three most important points and tips that you could give all the ladies out there about seduction and flirting? Well, um, <clears throat> most of all, you have to make sure that you're that uh, when you see a man that you're kind of send him sending him messages that you are attainable and fuckable. So is that like with use of <laughs> like body a, language? You or? know, you act like a total woman, like, oh, hi. Mm. I get a drink somewhere here, you know, <laughs> myself. And, of course, always jetting those big titties up front, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the higher it, it, the titties, the closer to Jesus. You guys know how to do it. I know you know how to seduce a man. Of course you do. Yeah, but we want oh. to know your secrets. Oh, okay. So when I was on stage, I would look, you know, like some girls would tell me, I just go up there and I don't look at anybody in the face and I just do my show and get it over with. And I go, well, I don't. I look at every single guy and I pretend like I want to fuck him and suck him. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. During your performance at Behoff, I loved the moment. It's my favorite moment in burlesque history when you take your hair and you sort of push it like in a fellatio gagging thing. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Oh, hey, I'm like a, this close to oh steal the move. I mean, it's so good. That's like the best movie in burlesque I've ever seen. Oh, you know what? A lot of people say, God, that's 
what are you doing that's so what? gross? How did I, and what? I go, I am gross, so what? <laughs> How did you come up with that move? Was that like something natural that it just came on on stage like that? When did you come up? Is this, you like, what, is this your signature best, move? I stole that from somebody. There's <laughs> people who steal uh, uh, things or movements or anything like that is like a gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> This gay guy says, oh, I just want to, I eat meat, and then he went, he took his head and went up and down like that, because, you know, we were all talking about being vegetarian. He says, I eat meat, and then he did that. I loved it. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great tip. Go to some gay shows. <laughs> yeah, Thank get you. Some, some dirty, uh, scandalous moves. Great. Well, so we were only at the, the tip number one, which was like, give to every single member of the audience uh, yes. attention. Eye, then eye tip number two, let's go. I mean, she, <laughs> she said to be feminine and flirty, yes. right? Yes. Be feminine and flirty. Use the boobs. Use the boobs. Use the boobs. Boobs to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we were just like thinking, we, we've, because we asked you for three tips of seduction, so we got two oh, and we need... three tips exactly, of seduction. Exactly. So we need like a third one. Yes. So we've got... One last. Yes. We want to squeeze... It seems up. that when you get, you would get close to the guy and you kind of like... Um, Move your little body, your body, you sway it a little bit, you know, like almost a little dance. And and guys will look at you. They will. And then you just kind of move. And they they know you're, you're, you're taunting them. <laughs> That's why I love stripping, because I just love to tease. But you can also tease by talking, like, you know, in a window's. When you're at a party or with a man and you say things like he says, would, would you like to eat? And then you go, well, that depends what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're so full of tips. You know, so you could always make it about sex. It just comes easy. <laughs> uh, for you, but not for everybody else. <laughs> That's why oh we need God. all of your advices. <laughs> Oh my God! No, but uh, I think that uh, it to, you have to feel horny, and guys, uh, they can tell you're horny. And yes. That's a seduction. <laughs> For guys, it's quite easy, like to catch catch those signs. But then <laughs> yes, okay. yes. Okay, 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 okay. Let's talk about boobs and the power of boobs. Talk us, I mean, of course, we venerate your boobs like an altar of, you know. Tell us about boobs and the power of having those. I mean, you have like the strongest. Well, how can I explain that? Like the strongest weapon ever. Those boobs of yours. How did you use it? Boobs. Well, actually, the, the biggest weapon we have is our pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But we can bring down men and kings and countries with it. You know what I mean? So but, true. Um, the boobs, yes, yes. Uh, they they made me, you know, they made who I was. And I started off with, but then at the same time, it wasn't really my boobs because I started off with small breasts. Yeah, I know. That's what I want to come to. It's just that how so did you feel like... 
it's all about how I presented myself. And uh, because I had a lot of guys that loved me when I had small breasts. Okay, they were yeah. And I was a big model then, even when I had the small breasts. And I think that it just, I started doing silicone and they just cut, I just got greedy myself. I'm the one that wanted the big boobs. I'm the one. Okay. And um, I kept getting them bigger and they seemed like they was working and it was, I just worked them. But I think that you don't have to have big boobs to make it. Do you know what I mean? But in your case, I mean, the big boobs lend you to... Yeah, well, it it worked for me, but I had also won the Miss Nude Universe. Oh, God, we know that. Yeah, so you you won it it without the boobs. Yes, but the big boobs did get me Russ Meyer, you know? Exactly, that's where we want to come to, of course. Yes, yes. Come on, tell us, like... Russ Meyer was, he was German, and he was hung like a horse. Uh, But come on, I mean, we all know all, you know, of course, the sexy story. Could you tell us, like, one intimate romantic moment you had something that you know doesn't come out so just like a little memory that you have something like I don't know intimate between the two of you that was romantic like a moment that you know he was just himself and he wasn't the Russ Myers the director but just you were just um, Francesca and he was just Russ you know and that was it there was there like a moment of just beautiful intimacy of course, between the two it wasn't of you. always fucking and sucking I mean <laughs> He was always very, uh, very sweet. Like, I remember when we were filming, uh, he'd always say, the cook made me something very special to give me energy. <laughs> oh, he, he would have, sometimes I'd have steak and eggs, and i go, wow, that's nice. And then other times I'd get pancakes with blueberries, and he would just, and i go, well, this is different. Now, is everybody having pancakes and blueberries? No, just you. Oh, so he was very good to me uh, in his own little ways. You know what I mean? Little special things that showed me he loved me. Oh, and so then you... um, I told him my grandmother needed dentures. And then one day I ha- I came home and she- uh, he had taken her to the dentist and got her dentures. Oh. My grandma loved him. Oh, so you've been together, like some biography says 12 and some other says 15 years. So he's been such a big uh, part of your yeah, life. About 12 years, we were together on and off 12 years. We yeah. fought a lot. <laughs> but then... Because he was controlling and I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I got crazy. I started doing drugs and drinking and he would get mad at me. Oh, <laughs> You know, I'm a normal person. I wasn't always smart. Well, he I, doesn't look I, like I fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> oh. So, but then, but and then okay. I mean, the biography don't say anything about any other man in your life. What happened afterwards? Do you have well, somebody? I, had, uh, I got married. I was married when I met Russ to a, yes, a guy. Yes, we know that. that. <laughs> George helped me, uh, he helped my career, and then after Russ, and between Russ, I married a young man who turned me on to cocaine, oh. and he also, he also was helping me with my career, but 
we had some bad habits, so that didn't work out. But I've had a lot of men in my life, and um, I had one um, not too long ago who left me my apartment building. So I, I, I there was there's been other men in my life, yes, only not famous, but good to me. Okay, yeah, wonderful. Just a question for the burlesque community out there. What was your favorite part of being on stage and uh, what what did you get out of and enjoy most about burlesque performing and go-go dancing? My favorite part about being on stage is that I chose my music. I I felt I had to feel very good in whatever costume I was wearing. And I don't care if I was in a shitty mood. Once I hit that stage and I saw the big clapping and all the smiling faces, it was like a, a time capsule that, that brought me back to the thing I loved. And I was in control. I didn't have to have choreography. I, I changed it a little bit every, all the time so I wouldn't be bored. And I just loved it that I could do whatever I did, even if I just did a bump and grime or if I, you know, if I just pointed at a guy and gave him a big smile and that was it. I mean, it was, it's, it's fun to be in control of yourself that you don't have to do cartwheels and, uh, you know, kill yourself up there. Just showing them that you like them and you're appreciating them watching you and yeah. you're going to entertain them. Absolutely. Yeah, lovely. And, uh, you know, for example, me as a showgirl, I always sort of ask myself this question, is anybody going to remember me, you know, in the future? Am I going to make you know, the history of my art form, of burlesque, of, of this entertain form of entertainment. So was there a moment, I, because I have the feeling that you were one of the few uh, burlesque or erotic stars that just was adored always, and you never had, like, a break from being adored? Or did you feel that there was a moment, like, you know, I don't know, maybe at the end of the 80s, 90s, where you thought, nobody remembers me anymore? Uh, I have that every day. Yeah. <laughs> but I was walking down the street and I go, gee, if they only knew how many dicks I sucked and that <laughs> I used to take my clothes off, they, you know, because no, sometimes when you're in your sweats and you're coming from the gym, nobody looks at you. Nobody knows who you are. <laughs> I go, um, I bet, I bet, you know, all... All my fans are so old. My fans, you know, from they're my age now. Well, they're not because you have young girls being your super huge fans. Oh, yay! So <laughs> I mean, how, know, how did you feel about the... It's that we have brought the legends back out, you know? Exactly. Because, how, how do you because we felt really like it was over. Yeah. I had just retired. Period. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. That's what, that's really my question is like, how do you feel about going back on that huge stage of the Orleans Casino in Las Vegas, right? Like, do you feel, I mean, when it was I, scary. I know, I know, I was shaking as well, but I was just so happy, so happy. 
Yes, of course. And, and I go, oh, my God, uh, that I used to be in those big stages, and they never seemed big, but when I went to Vegas, it seemed big. But you know what? It, I, I survived it, and it worked okay. I just have to get used to it. I, I don't do it that often, so. Well, yeah. it's time to go back on that big stage and give us pleasures again. <laughs> I will next year. I'm not going this year because I have a little film to make, but. Oh, um, can you tell us more about it? Oh, uh, it's a, it's about some uh, bikers that <laughs> hang out at this bar, and I'm going to be the bartender. What else? But I'm also, <laughs> but I'm also a madam. I think it's a comedy. <laughs> I I'm don't even sure. know what it I, is. I, I'm I'm not going to be like the star. I'm just going to have a cameo. So, well, uh, but you're only... the only one that you know the camera is going to see, really, and we're all of us going to watch just that little part of that movie and nothing else. I'm excited about it. I like acting too. Like I said, I like to do all kinds of things. All right, I wanted to ask you, like personally, one question that is really dear to my heart, of course, and it's. I found it really touching that you, the Russ Myers girls, were so united and, you know, of course, we know that Tura Satan and Haji passed in the last years and Haji passed like just a few, uh, uh, a few weeks after we both performed at the Burlesque Hall of Fame. And uh, I would just like to have like a beautiful memory of them. And would you share with us like one of the funniest moments and uh, one of the most beautiful moments that you had with Tura and Haji, for example, oh, well, or with the know, other ones? For Haji, uh, she was very, very close to me. And she's the one that, uh, you know, one time I was, uh, I was really high, high on cocaine. And uh, I was like paranoid and everything. And uh, I asked her, I said, can you come? Because I can't be alone and I'm very high. And she came. She came. And she took care of me till I calmed down and got, got like normal. She's really, really wonderful. And, um, and also Tura, she's a very giving lady. I mean, um, when I would share a, a hotel room with her, she always had food in her suitcases, and she always had, like, if I said, do you have a pair of scissors I can borrow? She goes, sure, I got eight. Which ones? She would have called, and the hair, do you want the sewing? <laughs> they, mean, they were wonderful. She was like Mary Poppins. Everything was in her suitcase. Uh, you know? I mean, it's so nice that, it's, you know, usually between girls, there's always a and bit of competition. One day I went, to, it was going to be my birthday weekend. I was, you know, I went over to a, a tourist, a tennis room, and she says, out of out of her suitcase comes a wonderful birthday cake for me, and she sang happy birthday to me. I mean, we were very good friends, you know. It's nice. I go, oh, my God, a birthday cake in your suitcase. <laughs> and she goes, it's a little smash, but it's good. I go, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so amazing. I love them. I love them. We, we just did crazy girl stuff. We're just normal like everybody else, and we fuck up a lot, and we... Yeah, we're just normal people. <laughs> Super vixens by the sound of it. Yeah, really, true, through and through. And it's so yeah. amazing that, you know, usually there's always 
there's always a bit of competition between women. And in your case, with the Russ Meyer girls, it just seems that it there's there weren't, or am I wrong? I don't know. But from well, the outside, really it just, just easy because each of us had we were you know in a film by ourselves or in different films, but we always felt like we were important women because we were very uh, Russ was so selective, and he he didn't have that many women, but. He selected very few of us, and we were we felt special because we were the chosen ones. Well, you know, and everybody can really remember. I mean, you are the chosen ones, and you are the special ones because for so many people around the world, you know, you're just like the sex woman. You know, <laughs> it's like it like it's like we were were the Bond girls. You know what I mean from. Uh, Agent 007, you know what I mean? Not, not everybody was a Bond girl, but if you were a Bond girl, you were very special. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to come straight to one point. Please okay. tell us what is the most extreme and amazing sex experience you had. I want just like, tuck the best sex you had in your life, and I want it live on the radio oh, now. My most wonderful, wonderful sex was probably with Tom Selleck. <laughs> and I with a cowboy hat on, and the man <laughs> hung. He's just the most fantastic lover in the world. And uh, I only had him once, but I'll never forget it. Wow. We did it all. Said it all. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, also read in our biography that uh, you're going to write a book, but your parents are still alive and you're not sure that you want to say all the naughty stories. So maybe you just want to give us an avant premiere one of the stories that you are going to write in your book. And you still didn't want to tell, you know, uh, loud because of your parents were alive. Well, you know what? I I think that my mother's still alive, but I think I'm ready to write it. Whether, no matter what, I'm just ready. I mean, I don't think she'll read it. I'll tell her not to. <laughs> so tell but, us what uh, that tell us what of the naughty story that you're gonna put in your book. Well, and I see. To me, nothing is weird or strange. It's I was just didn't want her to know. <laughs> but I mean, um, it's just nothing. I've had some hard times where, yeah, yeah, I felt like uh, I, um, you know, <laughs> I, I used to, when I became really addicted to cocaine, I, I became a coke whore, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, is there anything like, I don't know, maybe people always ask you the same questions or you, you know, is there anything that you like really like to say about you that nobody knows it's your little secret something special about you and you feel like people still didn't see it maybe you know is there like i don't know just a little thing even your everyday life well, you know the thing is that uh i i made my mind up when i started dancing i said oh my god i'm going to be very famous because i'm going to make sure i'm the best known of all the the strippers, but I'm not going to have a child because I'm Catholic and I don't want him to ever know that I took my clothes off. So <laughs> not going to have children. So that's why I didn't have children. Okay. I, I was so 
torn between my religion and the right and the wrong, but I didn't mind doing all the bad stuff because I didn't feel I was hurting anybody. Uh, but, you know, me, and I'm okay with it. So I, I think that's probably one, one of the reasons I didn't have kids. Okay, so we don't have much more time, you know, and that's, that's it for today. But, oh, my God, I'm almost crying. I'm so emotional. And this oh, was... you're such a wonderful girl. I no. love you. You're so <laughs> sweet, and yeah, you're really like a true person. You know what no, I mean? No, but I mean you have to know that like so many people look at you as a role model. You know, I mean at least <laughs> us crazy girls. You oh, know, I, maybe I, not I the Catholic students. But... but you're telling me. I mean, I, I you know, I just. Uh... I don't know. I you 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 inspire so 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 much. Just even just the smile and your little moves. Let me moves tell like, you, I have a lot of haters. No, I don't believe it. I, I with your big smile, I just can't believe it. No, no, no. And anyway, concentrate on the people that love you like us. So we're gonna end this interview here, and we have one last request, which is. Would you like to choose a song that we're going to play on the radio? So you can choose one that maybe... What is, for example, the your favorite song that you performed on in the past? What was your favorite song to perform on? Oh, my God. Are you, are you're not going to... Okay. It's New York, New York by Frank Sinatra. Okay, yes. Perfect. So we're going to play this song after this interview. And thank you so much. And goodbye. I love you, girls. Thank oh. you so much. You thank, feel good. Love thank you, you. Kitten, and thank you for sharing all of your tips to our listeners. Okay, and uh, yeah, it was uh, really informative, and we really Anytime enjoyed talking to you. Anytime you want to do it, let me know. Okay, oh. right. We'll be calling you back for sure. Then. Okay. Thank you, sweetie. I hope so. Bye, bye. 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 Thank you. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Are longing to stray Right through the very heart of it New York, New York I want to wake up In a city that doesn't sleep And find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap These little town blues Are melting away I'll make a brand new start of it In old New York If I can make it there I'll make it anywhere It's up to you New York, New York 
city that never sleeps And find I'm a number one Top of the list King of the hill A number one These little town blues It's up to you, New York, New York, New York. 88.4 Kreatives Radio für Berlin. Alex, guckste, hörste, klickste. We just listened to New York, New York by Frank Sinatra and unfortunately this is the end of our show. I mean, this show was just extraordinary. I hope you all understand how historical this moment was and uh, I hope you will listen to our next episode and have even more fun with us. So for the next episode we have actually a very special thing. We are letting you follow us in some femdom adventures dominatrix and slave would you be our slave in the next episode on the 18th of may 13th of may oh you should punish me Susanna. i oh, said I it wrong Ouch! Ah! Ah! Und wenn ihr uns Fragen schicken wollt, dann könnt ihr das machen an Facebook.com Facebook. an, an Facebook slash burlesque on air. Da könnt ihr uns Sprachnachrichten hinterlassen oder ihr könnt uns auch E-Mails schicken an questions.burlesqueonair at gmail.com. Also die nächste Episode läuft am 13. Mai auf Alex Radio. Verantwortlich für diese Sendung bin ich, Susanne. Und damit sagen wir Tschüss, bis zum nächsten Mal zur speziellen Femdom Edition Female Domination. Also seid gespannt. So goodbye, listeners. But if you're all waiting for our video tutorial, this month you're gonna re receive something very special. A best of Kitten Natividad. Oh my god, it's going to be so much bump, so much grind, so much titties and much, much more. So get on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Radio, or find our YouTube playlist on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash And look at that video because it's gonna be worth it. Au revoir! Tschüss! Bye, see you next time!